0: You are now listening to the New York Groove Podcast with Ryan Morick and Scott Thompson powered by BackSportsPage.com. Hello fans of all ages, this is indeed the New York Groove Podcast powered by BackSportsPage.com. Ryan Morick and Scott Thompson here with you recording this on this Tuesday, May sixteenth, two 2017. Yankees just wrapped up a four-game set against the Houston Astros where they lost three. The Mets started a series against the Arizona Diamondbacks last night and had a bad loss. So we'll get into that for a little bit. We'll talk about Masahiro Tanaka and his struggles. We'll talk about Matt Harvey and his struggles. And we'll talk about yet the other injury that happened to the Mets in Estrubo Cabrera and a possible solution. But first we're going to talk about the one, the only, Derek Sanderson Jeter, who got his number retired on Sunday before the second game of the single-admission doubleheader. Now, ceremony was great. Really fun to see Jeter there. Great game to be at. Derek Jeter, chance we starting in like the 7th or 8th inning of the first game. But if you want me to be completely honest, I really thought that the entire week was just too much. And I can't believe I'm saying this, because you know how much I love Derek Jeter Scott. Was at his last game, was at the ceremony, but the fact that I knew what the ceremony was going to be like, I just knew it was going to be a three-minute speech from Derek Jeter, a speech in which, obviously, he wasn't going to say much, because he's never been that type of person. To see... Don't get me wrong, I love seeing the highlights, obviously, but the commercials, and every story is about Derek Jeter, and it's like he retired all over again. This is something that we've been expecting for 15 years, his number getting retired. Obviously, it's a big deal getting your number retired by the Yankees, but I just thought it was a lot. I thought it was too much for this ceremony. That's my personal opinion. I don't know how you feel about it, but... I don't know. I I thought it was a lot. I thought it was way too much,
1: really. See see this is this is where I have to I have to definitely disagree with you because Ryan from a standpoint, when was the last time we saw a Yankee of this caliber get put into Monument Park? A guy that we we know is could possibly be possibly we know it's not going to happen, but it's it's up on the table a unanimous decision for the Hall of Fame. I mean this guy is arguably the best Yankee of all time if you want to go stats wise. And you got to expect that not only is he on the field arguably the best Yankee, he has to be one of the best players to ever come out of out of New York. Off the field he's absolutely amazing and it, it's it, it is Derek Jeter and, and like I said you have not seen a guy of his caliber get introduced into um Yankee greatness in that in, in Monument Park. I don't think it was too much, only because Yankee fans miss Derek Jeter, and if you are the Yes Network, even if you are ESPN, you gotta you gotta shell them with Derek Jeter moments and go through his whole career. Because honestly, after those twenty years, I think he deserves.
0: It's not that he doesn't deserve getting his number retired. I just think that watching the same highlights and hearing everything over and over, and over, and over again. And the fact that people are acting like he retired again, don't get me wrong, obviously he deserves the the plaque and and his number retired and, and everything, the whole nine. But it was just, the fact that Jeter Day is playing again on the Yes Network, this is the fifth time it's been on the Yes Network since Jeter Day. Everything was just all about him. I get during his final season, okay, get all of the ceremonies and stuff out of the way because we didn't expect Jeter to retire at that point, and he was still playing. Derek Jeter is not playing anymore. I just thought it was a lot, but again, a lot of fun to be at that game, obviously, The fact that it was a completely sold-out crowd, a lot of people left after the fourth or fifth inning, we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Um, But at the end of the day, of course Derek Jeter deserves the number Retirement, of course he deserves being in Monument Park. A really cool event, a lot of fun to be at, really nice to chant his name and hear thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people chanting his name at the same time, once again. But... I just think that knowing that it was going to be such a short and sweet ceremony, the fact that I knew it was going to be mostly here's Hideki Matsui, here's Tino Martinez, here's this guy and that guy, and then he got a couple of nice gifts, I just knew it wasn't going to be Derek Jeter going on and on and on for 25 minutes. If it was, then maybe I would understand it, but I don't know. For me, it was a little bit too much. I mean, I'm never going to complain about watching Derek Jeter highlight. I mean, I kind of am complaining about it, but whatever. A lot of fun to be at, and it's official now.
1: I think that the, um, the the ceremony itself, it was Jeter-esque in that it was it was to the point. You knew exactly what was going to happen, and it was quick, short, In that three-minute speech, do you expect anything less from him? Come on. I mean, it's... Ryan, you, you made a, a great point in our last podcast in that his time in New York is is done. I mean, he wants to settle down. He wants to have a family. You could see that, you know, he looks great. He looks great off the game. It's not like he, you know, has been putting on tons of weight like a lot of players do when, when, when they're done. I mean, he's, he, he looks good. He, he looks happy. And this was just his time to really soak in his last moment as a New York Yankee Possibly, you know, maybe some front office things could happen in the future. We don't know. But I think that it was very Jeter esque and that it was quick to the point and really made all the fans and everyone watching at home feel good. And I think that, you know, that number two is definitely going to look good out there in Monument Park. But before we get to Tanaka, I'm looking through just different um, articles right now. Yahoo Sports put up an article that says Derek Jeter crushed his adorable nephew's dreams.
0: And oh I was like, yeah, that was funny. I was I like, saw that. I was
1: like, what? And I was the Players Tribune thing, and I did see it the other day. He said it. He asked if he could follow in his footsteps and wear number two, but he said <laughs> no, just straight to his face.
0: How rude! I thought <laughs> that was good. Yeah, apparently, you know, let's say he did become the pro and wanted to wear two or anyone for that matter, Jeter can give them permission to wear it. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I figured you would because it is your number. But at the same time, just no.
0: Yeah, no, not going to happen. Just no. Sorry, Jalen. <laughs> Let's get into the game on Sunday, the second game after the Jeter ceremony. Masahiro Tanaka, again, a bad performance. Outside of one and a half, two starts maybe, he's not been good. It's not even that he's barely getting by. He has not been good. And honestly, it all started with opening day. Opening day, two and two-thirds. Couldn't find the strike zone. And he said he had a lot of pressure on him. And if Masio Tanaka is going to perform under this much pressure and he can't pitch, the Yankees are in trouble. I understand the pressure that he feels. He's the ace. And... On opening day, we didn't expect Severino and Montgomery and Pineda to do what they're doing. We didn't expect Aaron Judge to be an MVP right now. We didn't expect San Micasso to be hitting 340. We didn't expect what the Yankees are doing right now. But the fact that he is not pitching well. I mean, yesterday excuse me, Sunday start and opening day start, two totally different starts. Sunday, he was actually throwing strikes. He just got shelled. Opening day, he could not find the strike zone, and he wasn't even close. Usually, when he misses, it's by a couple inches. On opening day, he was missing by a foot. If Masahiro Tanaka can't pitch, the Yankees are in trouble. They're they're in big time trouble, Scott. If this guy, who's supposed to be their ace, a guy who probably could have opted out of his contract if the opt out clause was last season, because he was top three in ERA, but He's not going to be in top three ERA. He's not even going to be close if he's pitching like this. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. He does have a five-game win streak before um, that blunder on Sunday night. But w- when you take a look at it, you talk about that uh, complete game shutout, three hits allowed, obviously zero runs at Boston. That's a Masahiro Tanaka that the Yankees are expecting to be, you know, the ace. I mean, there was the start before that when, when he did play the White Sox. Seven innings, right. six hits, one earned run, that's fine. But then if, if you look at these past two starts before that Sunday night, he went six and a third against Toronto, eight hits, four runs, all earned, two home runs, but the Yankees saved them with their bats. It's been helping that the Yankees have been hitting one through nine, and it helps that they're putting up a lot of runs. I believe they're at either – I think they're almost averaging five, five a game if I'm not uh, – if yeah, I'm no, they're wrong, averaging we'll, almost
0: six. Papa John's.
1: Wow, I mean it's it, it's been insane the way. And look at this; it was almost it was a three-run ball game when it was a nine-run ball game at the end of uh, Sunday night. They only lost ten-seven, so you can see what, what these bats can do for you. But, like you said, Ryan, it, It's it's something that is a little tricky to watch, especially when this other um, these other pitchers are performing well. And, and Tanaka does have a 5-2 and two record, but that ERA, like you said, would be over 7 if you take that complete game shutout. It's tough because he is 28, he is your ace, and like you said, is he hiding something? There, there, there are a lot of questions behind Masahiro Tanaka right now, and some days he's on, some days he's off, but if you want to jump forward and if you want to be that, that hoorah Yankees fan, what happens in the playoffs? Can you trust him? I mean, there are a lot of questions going on with Tanaka and I think he needs to um, something needs to happen where he needs to come out and say something if he is injured or just fix a couple of things but an inning and two thirds is not going to do it.
0: I hate to look this far into the future but if, if this could be a good thing I guess for the Yankees in terms of free agency because if he does perform badly he doesn't opt out of the contract but then what if this is here to stay and then you're paying a guy twenty five million dollars to stink for the next three years, um, but like you said, two good starts. Other than that, he's had a lot of offensive support. But how long is this offensive support going to stay? Is it going to? Is he going to be bailed out with five or six runs every game? Is Masahiro Tanaka going to be a twenty game, a twenty win pitcher because his offense helped him out? I don't think he will because eventually something's going to give. Tanaka has not been good. And I think it's easy to say that he is hurt. Personally, I do think he's hiding something. And with that torn UCL, it's, it's all, he's been hiding it for, th- for almost four years now. But, and you hope not. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. But it's trouble when your ace is struggling and struggling big time. And he feels pressure all the time.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's uh, I think it's too early to jump on anything, obviously. You know, I've, I've always been one to say try not to assume too much until it happens. If he's hurt, he's hurt. And we, we've seen tons of guys who've been, you know, covering up their injuries. Just, just look at, at Mats and Syndergaard last year with, with their bone spurs. They were trying to pitch through it the entire season. And then we found out And after the same the thing break. with
0: uh, Chapman, also, by the way.
1: Yeah, so it's it's something that you know it's it's delicate, it's it's sensitive, and like you said, this guy's looking for that thirty million dollar contract. Something has to come up, and I think that's why for him, if he's hurt, he's got to speak up. But I think it's too early to, to to jump on 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 anything because he does have these starts in the past where he's going seven innings, he's allowing just one run on on six hits, and if you watched also, Houston is is no. Houston is not the Astros we're used to anymore. I mean, we thought they were going to have issues going to the AL, but they did. They made a, mo- a lot of moves, and I was very impressed with this whole four-game stretch with the Yankees where they took three games definitively. It wasn't even close w- w- what these games were. They were hitting them hard, and maybe Tanaka just came in, and he was throwing strikes. He was throwing it down the pipe. It wasn't that he was missing a spot too much, but he was trying to go at hitters, and these at this Astros team... They swing at first pitch. They're not afraid. They don't care what the count is. They will go right at you. And four home runs went up on the board on Tanaka in, inning in two-thirds. So Astros clearly got the best of them.
0: Alex Bregman hit his grand slam. First pitch that he saw, uh, it was the pitch right after Tanaka plunked someone right in the back. So they are definitely an aggressive team. Yankees lose three out of four to the Houston Astros. They're on their way to Kansas City where they will start a three-game set tonight. Let's go to the Mets side now. The Mets, another debacle last night. Um, I, I don't even know what to say anymore because I feel like every loss is a bad loss. I feel like you can only have so many bad losses where there's just no point of return. And I understand it's early. I understand it's May 16th. but We'll get into the Harvey stuff also. But people are not stepping up to the plate. Literally and figuratively. I mean. How many bad losses can you have? It's not like they're playing good baseball. And just coming up short. Every loss I feel like has been heartbreaking. You just went to Milwaukee. Who's a terrible team at home. I get that they're. surprise and same thing with Arizona too I get that they're both surprises but Ryan Braun suspended a, a bad team at home you had Matt Harvey going on Friday and every loss was just embarrassing including last night against Arizona it's just heartbreaking I don't understand how much longer this team could go on before they throw in the towel and again I know it's early And they didn't throw him in the towel last year when they were five games out in mid-August. This team still has a lot of heart and they play really hard for Terry Collins. We'll say that time and time and time again. But these bad losses are just letting the air out of the room. It's adding insult to injury, literally. So many guys are getting hurt. And we'll talk about Cabrera being hurt also. It's just... Bad loss after bad loss I sound like a broken record, but it, it's they just got swept by a team that they could have been at least once. At least once. And then last night, I'm half asleep, and I hear Gary Cohen say, oh, a well, solo home run. That's the fifth run this inning by the Diamondbacks. I couldn't believe it. I saw the score was 5-1. I didn't realize that It was 1-1 going into the inning, so I woke up just after that rally started, but it it takes the life out of the Mets, and I understand they they have a lot of life because, again, they do play hard for Terry, but eventually, with all of these losses, the life is going to go away, and I think it's going to go away very quickly with these bad losses.
1: Right, it's... It is the Mets pitching. If you want to point fingers, you have to point at the Mets. Take a look at this. The Mets this month, so far, are posting an NL leading 81 runs. 81 runs. But the Mets ERA, pitching-wise, is at the bottom bottom of with a 5.13 team ERA. I mean, you, you look at who, who threw last night. It was Ansel Robles and Josh Edgen. They pitch every single night. I mean, these guys don't, don't get they, they every don't night, get any every any rest. And if you want to look at what they throw, I mean, they have a plethora of you know data that that you can look at because they're throwing every night. You can see how they tip with everything. I mean, there's no really rotation in that bullpen. Ansel Robles. Every time I turn on the, the TV, if I'm late for the game, is throwing every every time. Ansel Robles is in the bullpen warming up. Ansel Robles is on on the uh, mound throwing in, in the seventh. The Mets need to do something with their pitching, possibly. Obviously, injuries have not been helping them, um, but their bullpen is just not doing their job.
0: I mean, it stinks for Terry Collins because he has nobody in that situation. I mean, we talked about Jarvis Familia last year heading into the, uh, the season. Oh, Jarvis Familia is probably going to lead the league in saves. He might have 50. And that happened because that was the team. And the same thing is going to happen this year with Hansel Robles And the bullpen, you're going to see the same guys because they catch themselves in the same exact situation every single game. Somehow, someway, Terry Collins has to find another arm because there's no way Hansel Robles, he's on pace to be in over 100 games. That can't happen. Something else that can't happen, Matt Harvey not showing up. Through the ballpark, again, literally and figuratively. Matt Harvey had the opportunity to win back his teammates, win back the Mets fans and the organization with a good start on Friday. And he was bad. I don't know whether it's health, whether it's mental. It's probably both. Because this surgery that he had, it takes a very long time to get fully healthy. It takes over a year. But at the same time, Matt Harvey just put so much pressure on himself. Ever since, you know what it was, Scott? Ever since Game 5 of the 2015 World Series, he's put on so much pressure to himself. No way, no way. You can't take me out of this game. I'm going to win. And then he blew it. And then he has a big start coming up on Friday against the Brewers. And he couldn't do anything. And what do we hear after these starts? I'm happy with my placement of my pitches. You're getting rocked, and you're happy with the placement of your pitches. That is spring training talk. You can't be happy with the location of your pitches if you're getting rocked. That means that you—it means you're on. It means you're not healthy. It means that you're still trying to find some kinks. That is spring training talk. And the Mets can't have any of that anymore.
1: No. Well, I mean, going back to to, to that Game 5, I I must say, um, it doesn't help that Lucas Duda just didn't think that Eric Hosmer would would run home also. Um, So there's that. But also, you know, letting up that double and everything. But you're right. You know, you go back to that time, and that was vintage Harvey. One through eight innings. That was the Matt Harvey that we knew. We saw him two years ago as well. We saw him on his comeback, that home opener. That was Vintage Harvey as well. Dominant. Fastball was through the roof, spotting everything. His off speed was there. But you take a look at, at now, with a five six three ERA, he is on a you know, he he's two and three, but the last time that he has started, the Mets are 0 and five in his last five starts. But you, you face a team like the Brewers and listen, the Brewers are, are no knockoffs. At twenty one and eighteen, they're only a game-and-a-half back, I believe, behind the, the Cardinals in the NL Central. That's not bad for a Brewers team that you know hasn't really been good in these past few years. But still, he let up three home runs. We don't really see Matt Harvey get shelled for three home runs, especially in a big ballpark um, like that in M- Milwaukee. And, Ryan, he hasn't even gone past the fifth inning in his last th- three starts, if you take a look at this. Four and a third, five and a third, and then five innings in this last start on Friday. It's it's not the Harvey we know. When we talked about Tanaka with his contract, if Matt Harvey's looking for a contract somewhere else, either after his time is up with, with the Mets, he's not making a good look for himself right now.
0: No, no, he's not. And I sure hope it's mental. I mean, I was just going to say, you can get rid of mental issues, but can you? Look at Rick Ankeel. Had to go from the mound to being an outfielder because he had the yips. We both saw that. Some people they can't get out of that mental state. I understand that Matt Harvey wants to be the New York guy. I understand the same thing with cindergard that that's all good and fun. but when you want to be the guy, when you want to be New York's stud and you can't do it, don't ask for it. I'm, I'm sorry you can't ask to be the guy and then not being able and then not be able to return the favor. This is why I like Jacob deGrom a lot, because he doesn't like the spotlight all that much. And personally, I said this even when Syndergaard was healthy. I think Syndergaard is better, but I think Jacob deGrom is a more complete pitcher. And again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the guy. There's nothing wrong with wanting the spotlight on you. I would never knock someone for that. But when you can't deliver... Don't ask for it. Don't ask for it. Because then, like you said, Scott, he makes a bad rep for himself. Because then he's on the back page of papers with a negative headline. The Dark Knight? It, it, that's, not, that's not a thing anymore. And I hope I'm wrong, but will it ever be a thing again? I don't think it will. And again, I hope I'm wrong, but... He has to prove me wrong. He has to prove me wrong because he hasn't since the World Series.
1: I, I think so. Uh, like I said, until he proves me wrong, if, this is what I said. If you want to switch sports, this is what I said about uh, Victor Cruz last year. Uh, until you prove me right, I'm going to still think that you're hurt, that something's wrong, and that's what I'm going to say with, with Matt Harvey. And he said he he liked the placement of his pitches. He walked five guys on, on Friday. It's you can't be walking that many people. He walked five against Atlanta, three against Atlanta again um, in uh, at Atlanta, and then he just did that at Milwaukee and walked five. He's not, he's not placing his pitches. Clearly, he is getting rocked. He's walking batters. Six earned runs, six earned runs, and five in his last three starts. I mean, you just look at his last three starts, and these are not the numbers that you're used to seeing from Matt Harvey. So clearly something is up. Ryan, I also think he puts tons of pressure on himself Um, You even saw that in that World Series game. He put so much pressure on himself that he wanted to take the ball. When Terry Collins said, I will bring in Familia right now, he said, no way, no way. He needed to do it. Got to look at the team perspective in this. If there's something wrong, you got to speak up. If if you're hurt, speak up. If it's a mental side of it, which I think there's more of a mental side of it, you need to calm down and really step back and say, listen, if you really want to be that guy in New York, you need to have a clear mind. That that's plain and simple. The New York media has absolutely destroyed Matt Harvey in numerous aspects. I mean, just look at spring training last year. The the guy couldn't, you know, pass a bladder stone without people thinking that he was off. Um, you know, the, he was, uh, it was a season-ending injury. <laughs> Excuse me. He's been in the spotlight, and, and you know what? He asked for it, and he's gotten it. Now he's got to see how he's to deal with it. I think it's more of an, an emotional thing right now, and a mental state. Because he is trying to prove You can really see that he's trying too hard up there instead of just being the Matt Harvey that Mets fans knew from the beginning.
0: We talked about Derek Jeter before. For some people, especially Jeter, the moment slows down under big-time situations. For Matt Harvey, as of late, it's going 50 over the speed limit. And hopefully that can change. And I hope we're both wrong. But again, has to prove us wrong. Moving right along, staying with the Mets because they have another injury as Shuba Cabrera. Um, How he's not on the DL yet, I have no idea because we watched that game, Scott, and that did not look good, that injury. Um, but they're holding off on the DL for a little while. I think they're expected to make a decision today, but a lot of people are calling for a Ahmed Rosario. And I, I think it's time. I think that if this were last year with him being in double-A, I would say don't do it because we saw Conforto struggle going from double-A to, to right to the majors, and he's finally hitting his stride. Conforto wasn't ready. I get that Desperate Times called for des- desperate measures, but he wasn't ready. I just think now Rosario is ready. He's, the, he's one of the best prospects in baseball. I think he's number five on the list. He's raking in Vegas. I think it's time, especially if Cabrera's out for a long time. If, again, if this were double A, I would understand. But he's in triple A right now and raking. I think he's ready.
1: Why it, this is why it is such a controversy because he's in Vegas. And in 36 games, he's posting a 360 average. This is his batting line, 359, 401, 493. He is raking in AAA right now, and it, he's got the power numbers to, to, to show it too. But they they, they are constantly saying and this was just just today. This is on smy.tv, TV, um, I believe. It's John Rico, the assistant GM, is saying that he needs more time in AAA, so they're going to put Jose Reyes in his spot. But. It, is it worth it? And they're, they're still trying to, to determine if Cabrera is going to go on this 10-day DL. Supposedly, the um, decision is going to be made today. But Ahmed Rosario, who's the fifth best prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. I mean, this is, this is their highly touted prospect. He was in the same position last year. And this is a perfect time to see what he can do in the big leagues. He had a good spring training. Didn't show a lot of his power. He does have power. Uh, Terry Collins said that. But I think that Rosario should have at least gotten a look. I mean, the Mets GMs are just throwing away any reporter talking about Rosario because they think he, he needs time. Is it, is it just because it's May? Is it, is it just because it's too early in the season you don't want to bring him up? I mean, if you have someone who's hurt and you want to move over Jose Reyes, I mean, I get that Jose Reyes was your shortstop in his prime, but still, I think at least give, give the kid a chance if he's batting three sixty in, in, in A. See what he can do, especially with this team that needs some life. They need a young guy who's excited to be in that clubhouse, in that dugout.
0: I think the main controversy is the fact that if the Mets send him up, they don't want him to start off wearing number 75, fly him all the way back to Vegas, come all the way back to Citi Field in a couple of weeks because they're facing some pitcher, and then flying back. I think they want to send him up, and they want to keep him up. They they don't want to shuttle back and forth. So with that being said, I think that if Cabrera, if it's a long-term injury, they'll bring Rosario. Well, I don't see why they shouldn't. I get, I don't think his plate presence is, I mean, it's obviously good with a 361 average, but his on-base is only 401. Well, I shouldn't say only 401, but in better speaking terms, it's only 40 points higher than his batting average. You always want that number to be a little bit higher. But another thing that sticks out at me also, you mentioned that they needed a spark. He has three home runs, but he has 25 RBIs. That means he's clutch. That means he's getting big base hits when the 51s need it. And maybe he could do the same thing for the Mets. But again, they don't want it to be 10 plane rides back and forth. They want to call him up and they want to keep him up. So, if Cabrera is gone for a long time, they should absolutely call him up and leave him up. If he's only going to be on that disabled list for 10 days, then you got to mix and match with what you have. you got to mix and match with Reyes and Flores and then Neil Walker and whoever else they have. You're going to have to mix and match because it's not worth it to send this guy up and down, mess with his emotions, mess, mess with his mind, excuse me, It's not worth it to do that to a young kid like Rosario, a kid that you are hoping is your future star. That will do it for us here on the second episode of the New York Groove Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not goodbye. It is see you later. So long and take care, everybody. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today.
1: I want to be a part of it. New York, New York, these vagabonds.